Welcome to the second episode of How to Work in Fashion. I am your host, Danielle Walton, and thank you for tuning in yet again. This episode, we have an amazing stylist that I'm going to be interviewing, Mr. Corey Stokes. Uh, If you don't know Corey Stokes, he is a celebrity fashion stylist as well as the editor-at-large at at High Snobiety, and he is going to be sharing uh, a little bit of his journey with us today, so uh, make sure you stay tuned. Uh, But before we get into the interview, I want to make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast. Um, If you are subscribed, you'll be notified when new episodes drop, so you can subscribe on iTunes, Um, we should be in the Google Play Store as well, and on SoundCloud, so make sure you are following us there and on instagram on instagram we are at how to work in fashion and you can follow me as well at danielle walton so let's jump right in I had the pleasure of meeting Corey Stokes back in 2007, I do believe. Um, We had a lot of mutual friends. We're from the same hometown. And I saw he was interested in fashion um, just as much as I was. And so I asked him if he would be interested in working on Live Lux magazine with me. And he was all about it. And so we then joined forces and became this blogging duo. Uh, We moved the magazine online and... Um, We actually acquired an office space through University of Michigan Flint and was able to work out of there. And so we were up there every day and seemed very official for maybe like a 21-year-old and probably like a 16-year-old. We worked together on the magazine and built that thing up and... During that time, Corey was um, graduating high school and then transitioning into college at University of Michigan Flint. And he was actually able to introduce a style column to the school's newspaper, which had never been done before. And so um, he just continued his passion uh, for fashion and style and journalism because he majored in journalism. He continued that during school. And um, after I was able to go to New York and Uh, secure an internship, he was actually able to do the same thing and interview uh, for Complex Magazine. And you'll hear about that more here. Was that your only internship or what happened? Yeah, that was my only internship. This was the summer of my sophomore year. And so that summer, I was there every day. And Complex was so, it's so crazy to look the thing about what, how big Complex Media is now. Because mm-hmm. at the time, Complex was very small. I think there was maybe a, like not even 40 actual employees. Wow. Um, and so, and like in, interns did a lot. Like it, was like it was like all hands on deck, you know. The internet was blowing up. The um, Complex's website, like the blog was like taking off they needed people who could write they wanted interns that were willing to write that were willing to like aggregate content mm-hmm. um and you know shout out to live Lux mag one more time because i had that experience you know right we were blogging every day didn't. we were blogging every day like three mm-hmm. four times a day literally right. just constantly and that's literally what i had to do at complex mm was like aggregate content 24-7. And so because I was essentially really good at it and I enjoyed it, I came back to Michigan to finish my, to do my junior year. And I had um, kind of just like inked the deal with my editor at Complex to like freelance write. 
Nice. And so, okay. so I that had to do, while you were in school still. Yeah, I was back at school and um, I was back at school. It, like it happened maybe like a few months after coming back, you know, but I would let them know that like I still wanted to like contribute in any kind of way, like remotely, you know, and they mm-hmm. were like, cool, we'll pay you X amount of dollars to write, you know, like you have a set amount of posts you need to write every day. Mm-hmm. Um, now is some, is this something that you kind of suggested? Did you set this up yourself? Did you create your own opportunity for this? Or how yeah, does it- I was very okay. much like, I want to do this. Let's figure mm-hmm. out a way. Like, and I, I kind of know what you need. I also realized that like the work that I'm doing can be done anywhere. As long as I have a computer in front of me. Right. Um, and yeah, you know, but also the fact that like they trusted me, they knew they could depend on me they could count on me because I was there every day and I was literally like I'm at your disposal right and that's so crucial and key like number one um because I feel like a lot of my listeners are trying to get into fashion our students or whatnot but number one like internships is crucial working for free like you're you're learning so much so it's worth you know, working for free. And then two, creating your own opportunity. Like you said, you saw the need, you saw what they needed. You knew that you could deliver and, you know, just opening yeah. up your mouth and making that suggestion. So that I was like very, I don't like, I was talking about this with someone um, recently, but like I'll look back on that Corey and that time in my life. And I was very much like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to make it happen. Right. And like, yeah, I did it. It was crazy. (laughs) Like looking back on it, it's very much like, wow, you really just kind of like made this work for you. I love it. Okay, so after moving back, um, still working for Complex, like how did your um, career continue on? So I did another um, summer at Complex, uh, writing. Um, it turned, it was like kind of like a freelance assistant kind of thing. Cause I was still working in a closet, but the fashion assistant at the time I got, um, promoted. They didn't want to necessarily hire a full-time assistant. Um, mm-hmm. but they were like, we'll just pay you a little more, you know? Um, and you kind of just like handle these duties. Um, and so I did that another summer and I just realized, I started to realize that like what I was going to school for was what I was doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I got very like resentful of like school and like the idea of college. And like, mm-hmm. I just felt as though what I was learning in those classrooms was very different than what like the actual work that I was doing. Right. Um and it was like, I'm, ha- I'm getting this hands-on experience that's now paying me, you know? Right. So I'm getting paid and I'm getting the experience to do something that school's supposed to be teaching me, but you're not really teaching me because it's totally different. And it's not the school, I mean, it's kind of the school's fault, yes, but like times were changing, you know? like Exactly. I they were a little taught, antiquated probably. Yeah. I was being taught, you know, these books were teaching us how to write like for newspapers or like to write in a to write long form whereas at complex we were focused on the internet the internet was the new thing you know and on the internet people weren't trying to read 
you know, <laughs> like your 2000 words all the time, you know, especially when it came right. to like aggregated content, like fashion style news, like you need to be able to get your point across to tell the story and like 200 words, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I decided that I was like, I don't want to go back to school. Right. Um, it was, it was my senior year. It was like this, it was like, I was, I was getting ready to go into my senior year. I had a, 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 like, again, like, finessed a way to like talk my professor into like doing my classes on, you know, online. Um, and I was like, I have the opportunity. I want to take it. I can stay here. I can finish out the school year remotely. And like, I just want to do that, you know, talk my mom. And it, it was like a, yeah, let's do it. Um, it happened. I then realized that like, I actually couldn't manage it, you know, like a bit, it was like too big. Like I couldn't handle the workload. I couldn't handle actually having this like job. This girl key who at the time, I think she did like social. She's now actually 21 savages manager. Shout out to Mm -hmm. her. Um, She was the social media person at complex was Mm -hmm. um, dating someone at Brooks brothers who I guess let her know that they were looking for someone to come on as a permalance um, fashion coordinator. Like, and she and Key, like, you know, we saw each other in office and she was like, hey, I know you're like not making a lot of money here, you know? Like you're surviving, but you're not making a lot of money here. This may be a good opportunity. It's like a permalance. Maybe you should check it, you know, so I'll connect you. She connected me with Zarina and it kind of just like, and then I got that job at Brooks Brothers as the like um, fashion coordinator. This was a permanent job. They said they would only need it for like a few months. They didn't, like it was like an open-ended there, you know, it's very much open-ended. They were like, let's just see how it goes. If it works out, awesome. We'll figure out, you know, we'll bring you on full time. If not, cool, whatever, you know? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Extra money, you know, like I'm not gonna complain. I could still also do complex remotely, you know? Right. Like I could just write. And so that happened. And But then I'm like, okay, you're trying to like, you got this basically full-time job at Brooks Brothers because you have to be there every day. You're like uh-huh. working, like you're like writing, you're like aggregating content in the middle of the day while you're at Brooks Brothers. And <laughs> then you're like trying to take classes and like quizzes and like study. It's like, you know, and it just like, Something had to give. And yeah. I made the, you know, decision, you know, to like give up school. And that had to be like I would have resented school at that point too, because it probably just seemed so pointless at that it's, point. It seemed like I was now I was like in a career. You know what I mean? Like I was like exactly. do I was like working. You know, right. and it happened so fast and so naturally. Right. That I just made the decision to like, let's just go with your gut, go with what you feel, you know, like. And I'm sure you don't regret that decision. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. You know, sometimes like it's don't always like it's like though. yeah, I could have went to school, like you know, but it's like why? I was like taking like. Also, thankfully, I had a full ride scholarship to college, so any loans that I took out were just to pay for my summers in New York City. You know, like I'll just happening so. 
organically and so naturally that it just seemed like I couldn't to do anything other it would have seemed like going against like what was destined right I love it I love it yeah okay like you said everything at first was kind of journalism writing and then it switched over into styling so how did you do that and then how have you been able to kind of work your way up as far as clientele's go yeah so um Shout out to God because really, <laughs> he, it, like, when I tell you kind of like my career, literally from like the beginning till now, has really, it's one of those things where, like I never had to apply. Like, I haven't had to apply for a job. Like, ever, like the only, like, the internship was the only thing I've had to apply for. But since then, everything that I've gotten has kind of really just kind of like been like placed on me, you know? And And let's kind of stop there too because. I mean, what do you think was that was important in all of that? Um, was it like relationship building? Like what? Yeah, totally. I'm a bit of a social butterfly. Okay. Um, and I will say that like anything that like most jobs that I've gotten have been like based on like a like a relationship, you know, based on like a working relationship or just like a run, you know, just like some sort of relationship that I've met, like made with someone and like they needed someone and they thought of me, you know, it kind of happened like that. And so I was at Brooks Brothers. Um, I can't, I went there. I was as, as I was like a fashion coordinator. Brooks Brothers was also in that time where like they realized that they needed to focus on e-commerce, you know, they didn't have an e-commerce team. Um, and they were kind of like building one from scratch. And so I came on as a as a sample coordinator and I did that for a few months and then they had hired um, a stylist. Well, I think they were hiring a stylist. And I was like, oh, I can do that. You know, knowing damn well, <laughs> I couldn't, you know, I never had a, like I probably did, like I probably done like one test sheet before that, right. you know, like no portfolio, no nothing. And they were like, okay, cute, you can't do that, but you can be, like, the assistant, you know? And I was like, right. okay, cool. So I got hired as fashion as the fashion coordinator. Then I got promoted very quickly after to, like, fashion to um, stylist assistant. And I was working under this stylist who I came from, Ralph Lauren. Um, but the shade was, I think she kind of, like, finessed the kids. And, like, told them that she could do a lot of things that she couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it came to, like, menswear, um, it's, I think, I don't want to say this was, like, how it happened. But, like, she wasn't really talented at menswear. But, like, okay. also maybe you should have known that because she was a woman's, woman stylist at Ralph. But, you know, I don't know. Which, she, is, which is crazy because... Brooks Brothers is predominantly menswear. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, 100%. You know, especially back then, you know? Um, right. Yeah. But they found out, you know, not that long after she got hired that, like, actually you're not qualified to do that. You know, to mm-hmm. do both. She was supposed to be doing men's and women's. Um, and so maybe, like, a year into that, maybe I can't. Even, I can't. I don't know the exact timing. Um, like a year or less, 
I then got promoted to men's stylist and she was woman stylist. And so I was kind of just like taking over men's, you know, and I want to say the thing that kind of like, I think she needed to, she needed to tie a bow tie and did not tie a bow tie. And I know how to tie a bow tie because randomly one of my, like, I, when I have interned, when I was going for my internship interview at Complex, I was like, I need to learn how to tie a bow tie. I feel like that's what I need to do. And I remember we were in our little office that we had. Um, oh, in North Bank Center. In North Bank Center. I learned how to tie. I watched. I was watching YouTube videos. Learned how to tie a bow tie in North Bank Center. Wow. Yeah. Um, cool. And it just like and he just like stuck with me. And I remember needing to have to tie a bow tie on set because she didn't know how. Wow. Yeah. And that like. And it was like okay, well maybe you should do men's and she should like stick to women. Um, I love it. And that was a game changer because like then I can I became a bit more important than her because women's wear wasn't like you know like men's wear yeah men's wear was like the focus. Right. Um Now did you feel a lot of pressure? Oh, totally. Um, were you scared of that position or Yeah. Yeah, I was totally cuz I like I didn't know what I was stepping into, you know? But also there was like um it was like beautiful because I definitely think that it was one of those things like I didn't know I was doing but like also like my boss didn't really know what she was doing you know like my like my boss um who's now still my producer at um over at Brooks um she was also like this was also her first job producing like we were all so new mm-hmm. that like it was just perfect you know because we were all kind of just like learning as we went I love it. Um, and yeah, like I was nervous as hell, but like I was also like, you can't, you can't let these people see you sweat. You know what I mean? Like it's here. You can't, like, don't just not take it because you don't know, you know? Like, right. Okay. So do you feel like, did anything that you did before that kind of prepare you for besides like YouTube and the bow tie? <laughs> um, no, not like you know, like I had, like I had like assisted her on set, you know, and I think just like the roles that I was doing at Brooks Brothers, yeah, it kind of like helped me because I was a bit, you know, I was familiar with the product. I was also like so, or like again, so green and so just like eager and naive that like I just soaked it all up, mm. you know, and like I just like knew everything and remembered everything so then I became that person that like oh Corey knows you know oh nice okay yeah because I'm just wondering like for the listeners what could they take from that as far as like you know do you jump in and kind of like research everything about the company or you know you just I just like you listen you listen you pay attention to everything and you remember it all you know because you always want to be that person that like they can go to for an answer, especially in like such a supportive role that I was in at the beginning, you know, like mm-hmm. as a sample coordinator, you need to know what these things, you know, like what these pieces are, what this product is, what this sits like, what this, you know? And right. I think I kind of just like soak that all up. My grandma always says to make yourself valuable. Yeah, totally. Totally. Make them like need you. Right. I love it. Um, and that's what happened. And yeah, and then I started like styling that that stylist, the the woman stylist ended up leaving. And instead of hiring like another stylist, they were just like, 
you can do both. And that's kind of like, and then that's when it was like, okay, I'm a stylist now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was crazy because I never really thought I was going to be a stylist until like after being at Complex, like towards the end, because I was just so focused on like writing and I would like help, like, you know, we would help on photo shoots and stuff like that. But it wasn't until kind of like the end and I started like really helping on the photo shoots that I was like, oh, this is actually much cooler, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then my interest kind of like switched. Not switched totally, because I still love, like at that time, I still very much loved writing. But mm-hmm. then I went to Brooks and I like, I couldn't, you know, after a while, I was like, okay, complex, I can't, I can't do this, you know? Um, and so I was just like, full-time at Brooks, just styling. And I was doing e-com styling, like solely e-com styling. And I was just, and I would be on set like three weeks out the month, you know? For those who don't know, like that is, that's a lot of styling. Like most people, like if you're at, um, like I said, at Complex or something like that, um, you maybe have, you know, a few shoots a month or you know, maybe working on, yeah, like a shoot a week yeah. or something like that. Not even, but, just like a complex. It was like, I was doing a shoot, like we would do a shoot maybe like twice a month, you know? Right. Like but to not, be styling. But yeah, but then I was like, comp- I mean, I was at Brooks and I was either like on set or styling out. It was either or. That's like, that's kind of like <laughs> styling intensive, basically. Yeah. Like conditioning. Yeah. You know what I mean? styling is aggressive. Especially right. like full time at a company. That is huge. So now transitioning into um, the freelance work that you do and working with, you know, celebrity clients. Do you feel like working at Brooks definitely helped you in that way? Because, like I said, it's kind of like an intensive. Like, it so how do you think that helped you? It helped me be a bit more like organized on I don't want to say organized because definitely I wouldn't be that organized if I didn't have like help on set but like a bit more like understanding of how sets run um it helped me like self-manage you know like my time and like space and how to just like focus you know because editorial sets can be a bit more lax of course but they can also Mm -hmm. be a bit chaotic you know right and like definitely being at um, Brooks Brothers and being on those e-com sets, it, it's a bit more like straightforward, fast paced. And so I'm able to like kind of like focus when it gets a bit crazy on editorial sets, when things are like there's so many moving parts, things can change, you know, learning how to kind of like manage a team. Like it's something I learned at Brooks that's kind of like helped in like um, some of the work that I do now. And so, yeah, it definitely like taught me like kind of like the basics of like how to work on set, you know, like things I should have in my kit, you know, like little things like that. I love that we transitioned into this because like go through your freelance process when working with clients, like how does that work as far as, you know, let's say you need to dress so-and-so for a red carpet event. Tell us how that process goes from start to finish. I just did a, a press week with, um, a new client of mine, um, Liam Payne. That is huge. Shout out to Liam. Shout out to Liam. Um, <laughs> but no, that was like very fun because in that situation, you kind of have to like, you know, it's like a week of press. So he's doing like a radio show and then he has to perform it. And then he has to go to a TV recording. And then he has to, you know, it's like 
six, seven looks, you kind of have to like. Right. And explain, explain the logistics of that because you're not on set. You're not, no one's going to, you know, changing on set. So how, like, how are you getting all these looks to him? And how does that work? Kind of like, and it's, it's all dependent on like who it is or whatever. But in our situation, we, um, like I had like a week of prep essentially, um, I knew his schedule, so I knew kind of like, you know, me and his team worked on a mood board of like what he wanted to look like. Because we were kind of, you know, we're going through a bit of a, um, we were just like going in a new direction style wise. And so, um, you you know, I had like, so we have an idea of like what he's going to look like. Okay. And with that, I start requesting, you know. Um, and so we had a week of kind of like prepping. Um, we do one kind of initial fitting, solidified thing. We do another fitting, get everything tailored, you know, because when, you when you're talking about a real person, there's no Photoshop, right. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. there's no retouching. Right. There's and, no pins in his no, back. No pins, no nothing. It has to fit, you know, right. and it has to fit for hour, at least, you know, for at least an hour up to five, six, you know, he needs to be able to like look fine. So we did another fitting. Um, so it's like solidified everything. We kind of just like, you know, leave the rack there for him, organize everything. I would come, you know, to the hotel, make sure that things were fine. Like at the, like at the night, I would sometimes, you know, not every day because you, right. you don't pay me that, you know. You know, but like, you know, I, have, I had an amazing assistant. Um, shout out to Rashid. He like, would go to the hotel, make sure he was fine, you know, make sure the clothes were there, they were laid out, his team had photos, like we had, you know, we do the fitting, you have photos of the looks, so you know exactly what he's going to wear, you know, for reference, down to like the sock, you make sure, you know, you have it right. all laid out. It's um, very detail-oriented styling. Yeah, you have to be, you have to be, you have to be super organized, you have to be super detailed, because... You know, the smallest little details matter, you know, even if it's like what sock he's wearing, you know. Another example, you know, he had to do the, um, he did a, he did a show, like, uh, it wasn't a live show, but it was a taping of a performance. I assumed he was going to have these white socks on all day. He apparently put on gray socks instead this morning and we get to performance and I'm like, wait, okay, that, no, 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 you can't, you can't have those on. <laughs> So, you know, so like, we need to run to the closest Dwayne Reed and we need to get you socks. Because that's how you're going to go out. You know, we can't have you go out like that. But like, those things happen, you know? And so you have to like, just be prepared. What I really want, like, whoever's listening to this and want, and they want to get into the industry is to do your research. Um, like, actually do your research. Learn. Mm-hmm. listen like you don't know you don't know you may think you know because you saw it on instagram you may think you know how it goes but like you don't know and you should like actually actively search out people to work under and to follow and to learn and mimic you know because that's literally what i did i mimicked the people that i worked for yeah you know? really important um there is another you so, Hello. You know what I mean? Like you aren't That's the only one. You aren't the only one. And especially 
you need to understand this is kind of like me reiterating something that I told to uh, an interviewee I had that wanted to assist me is mm-hmm. that like you may be the most creative person ever but it doesn't matter because that's not your role as an assistant mm. you know so like we you have to learn how to like humble yourself all of us do you know in any kind of right. role but especially in a role like that like you need to be willing to just like do the work until it's your time to be the creative person you know but especially as like interns and as assistants like you need to just be willing to like do the hard work because in doing that hard work you're gonna you're like that's just the foundation you know because if you are as creative as you is as, as you say you are cool hold on to that but yeah what you aren't is like efficient and like organized and like you know like yeah. learn those skills because once you have those then you're unstoppable if you're as creative as you say you are, you know? Right. Yeah, that is so important because, like you said, that creativity is only going to take you so far. So far. So far. Like, someone's, like, everyone's creative. Like, that, you know what I mean? Like, if everyone's ideas were genius, we would all, you know, like, no one would be struggling. You know what I mean? But, like, the fact, like, you're not there for a reason and because you're lacking something. And it may just be that hard work, that dedication, that focus, that, you know, like all these very simple tasks that like you, we need to like learn. And in learning that, you have to humble yourself and sit back and do the like not fun stuff sometimes. Mm. Come on. Where is your collection plate? (laughs) That's a word. Reaching out here. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much. I it's only right that you were my first guest on the show and I so appreciate yes, you taking the time to do this. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. All right, guys. So that is it. And like you said, you can find him on Instagram and we will see you all next week. Yes, thank you. Thank you.